Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the second episode of Touchdowns All Day with John Barber, the podcast that listens to the same music as you do. Now today, uh, we're going to listen to what I believe are the harmony experiments that the band was doing. We did a few on the Capitol Theater run from earlier this year, which was January 31st, Feb 1st, Feb 2nd. We had a number of great jams from that weekend. I haven't seen these jams yet. Rich Steele from Steele's Wheels fame has chosen them and sent them over, and we're going to listen to them together live in a few minutes. If you want to be part of the conversation, tweet at us on Twitter. Use the hashtags touchdowns all day, one giant word, no spaces, and none of those lines at the bottom that look like a space. Uh, we don't have Twitter accounts for touchdown all day, so I'm going to just be on as my Twitter barber shreds, but you guys know that already. So real quick, before the theme song. The show's upcoming. We have Disco Biscuits at the Fillmore, New Orleans Jazz Fest, Friday, April 26th, and April 27th, Saturday. The three-day run in Colorado, warming up for the Red Rocks with two nights at the Ogden, 23rd and 24th of May. Then May 25th at Red Rocks, the big show. Then following that, a week or two later, I have the Disc Jam. I'm playing guitar with the band Lotus. I'm filling in. From Mike Rempel. And the Disc Jam Festival is July 6th to 9th in Steventown, Pennsylvania. Highly recommended. Really great, heady festival. And then, obviously, the Biscuits have their festival in July. The Big Dog, Camp Bisco. It's going to be massive this year. July 18th through 20th, Scranton, PA. We're doing it again. And it's amazing that, that we've done this successfully so many times. And we have to thank everyone in the Northeast because... I think at some point or another, pretty much everyone in the Northeast has been to Camp Bisco. All right, that's the intro. Episode number two, Touchdowns All Day. Let's rock. Welcome back. Touchdowns all day with John Barber. Thank you for listening. We love each and every one of you. And we are here in our second episode. Uh, It's really kind of a fun thing to do this podcast. It's really great to wake up today and realize that I get to 
talk to everybody. It's uh, I like it. It's very fun. So let me start by saying that uh, great things are happening over here. We are part of the Osiris Podcast Network, which is something that I wanted to just let you guys know about because we are a part of it. The Osiris Network is a podcast network. It's a fairly new podcast network, and they want to connect passionate fans like yourself with the podcasts that talk about the music that you listen to. Kind of like this one. Videos, live stuff, all the artists that you like, um, you know, clearly... It's jam band stuff at the moment, but I think that that they're going to branch out and just do all sorts of different kinds of music. I think music itself is so branched out nowadays that you know a guy, it just it's all over the place right now, which is pretty great actually. So they have a website, OsirisPod.com, and you can go there. S and let me spell that for you: O S I R I S Pod.com. And you can go there and see all the podcasts that they have there. Hopefully this one will be in the mix at that place. And then all the other ones will be there. Or I think you can go to Jambase. I think there's a connection between Jambase and Osiris. And all the podcasts will be up there and will be promoted there with all the Jambase stuff. Jambase is a site famously started by Mr. Andy Gadeel, whose Gadeel Fish page was simply the most famous web page in the world at one point in time when there were no such thing as famous web pages i think this is free uh pre-facebook if i'm not if i'm not mistaken there so thank you osiris podcast network for letting touchdowns all day join your network we are happy to be a part of it and let me just say that uh today i wanted or you know the other today i realized that some crazy things happen over the weekend some crazy things happen over the weekend. So I want to add this feature to my car where I, I want the car to be a little bit smarter, a little bit smarter in the screen, a little bit smarter in the way that it reacts. So I go over to the, you know, swing by the dealership and I go in there and I say, you know, can we do this, that and the other thing to the car? And, and it seemed like pretty normal stuff. I mean, you can get this stuff for your computer. You can get it for your phone. The guy's answer was, why don't we upgrade you to an entirely new vehicle? Now, I think it's just crazy that if you want to add a feature to your car, you literally have to purchase another car. So this guy's talking to me and talking to me. And then I ask him the question, well, does that car have these features? And he looks at me and he goes, "Uh, well, no, but it has a Hemi. And I was like, really? And so I, I got the net, I got the car because the Hemi is literally a helicopter engine in your car. How, what's bad about that? But I still don't have the feature that I wanted. So maybe I, I don't know who win. I don't know what how how to put this in my brain as to now I have to like set the radio stations again in my car, but I can't hear them because the Hemi is so loud that. You really can only hear the engine in the car now, which also is great. I'm really having trouble putting this one together. So part of the reason that last week was so mellow and lax was because uh, yours truly was in the Wall Street Journal in a very subtle way. Uh, Splice, the music sampling, backup, music production, super software solution that I was fortunate enough to play a tiny part in the beginning of at the very start of it 
is in the Wall Street Journal. They raised a bunch of money, and they are going to be able to make crazy, awesome software solution products, or whatever you want to call them, things that are cool to click on if you're making music. Now, let me just say, I make this podcast on Splice, and uh, Rich Steele does not use Splice, and it's really, really annoying and slows the process down. I don't know, you know, Rich, hopefully you're listening to this and you can get Splice like everybody else. That would be wonderful. Splice is great. Congratulations to Matt and Steve. Those guys have done an amazing job. It's a pleasure to watch them work. Um, I generally don't work very much except for this podcast, which is great. Thanks to you guys. But I found out the other day I was driving down the street And I saw a billboard of a mother and a baby. And I realized that the baby had this gray hat on, like a little winter cap. And then I looked in the rearview mirror and I also had a gray winter cap on. And I was literally dressed exactly like a 14-month baby on a billboard. So a fashionable 14-month-old baby. But still uh, unimpressed with myself yet again. So let's jump into the recap for this episode. We are going to talk about January 31st, Feb 1 and Feb 2, all of this year, all at the Capitol Theater, all in Port Chester, New York. Now, the band was dabbling with a set of chord changes that uh, later out later figured out was a song called uh, like kind of borrowed from a song called Rocket Science that we played in Kick Rocks a few times and maybe put it in with the biscuits later or something like that but the chord progression wasn't part of that it just happened to be the same and we were playing around with it And I think it's going to end up in one of these Rich Steel choices. So let's fire away. We're going to start with January 31st, Orc Theme, Lunar Pursuit. Thank you. 
Well, this one really goes down into the books as one of the most patient jams. It's really a double melody type of thing. And this is exactly what happens to double melody jams is they they, they become this tiny little loop here. Because there's always two melodies and they're either going away from each other or they're coming back to each other. Because when they go in sync in the same direction, it kind of feels corny. It feels like we're doing stuff that's too easy. You know, even though it's it, it, at the end of the jam, that's perfect. But it's like middle position. We're clearly picking up tempo. We're, we're probably changing some keys. It seems like the harmonies are being dished as quickly as they're being added. So when you spread the harmonies apart, you spread the melodies apart, and then you bring them back in, a lot of times they ball up. And when they ball up, the transition will happen, which is what happened here. And then here we have the Lunar Pursuit, which is, you know, everyone's favorite 151 techno jam. go executed flawlessly very patient jam band really moved in and out of that one well very patient jam it's good to hear everybody you know nice and relaxed doing that thing i think that's a good sign for the 31st as a very uh, a lot of good listening that first night of a three-night run it's, listening is the hardest part to get right on the first night because you you want to play you want to you want to rip a little bit you know you want to do some shredding and you know you kind of need a day or two to get used to shredding in the geodescent dome that is a biscuit jam you know reacting while shredding is very important so let's move to the next night this is February first. 
Cap Theater, King of the World, into We Like to Party. So this is the chord progression right here. It's a great it's a great dance party chord progression. Doesn't really sound like rocket science at all, frankly. I it feels like I'm playing like a this thing right here is like the theme song to the Breakfast Club or something. I don't know what that is. But I feel like this probably isn't the first time we've played it. So I'm just trying out some stuff. I mean, this is just, uh, this is great biscuits. It's very high energy. Feels amazing. Nicely well-coordinated. Everything's loose. We can drop it at any time. We can pick it up at any time. Where's it going? I really have no idea. Everybody's playing great. Everybody's playing rhythmically well. Alan is, like, metaphorically spraying water on the crowd. 
got some nice crowd noise in there. Good session, very 99, I feel like. Got it done, squeezed it out. Now we're sitting in some harder funk stuff. Feels good. Feels like we earned it a little bit. Do some more badass stuff, you know, get into it. Let's see where this goes. I'm excited about this jam. I like it. It has, you know, just... I don't... That last section was completely, really unprepared, except for we had talked about a chord progression at some point in time. That was full manifestation of that chord progression on multiple levels, and I believe it wasn't even in the key that we originally talked about. So there was some serious brain work in that last section, and I'm sure we're all just looking to get funky for a while and stop thinking so much a little bit, play some music. see that coming right into we like the party killer jam so i like to hear that i like to hear the band coming together on a concept but not coming together in like a you know like a classical group would play exactly the notes that are on the page that was entirely unplanned and it just kind of gives you this kind of clutch situation it's like a jump ball in basketball or it gives you this opportunity to lay in you really kind of know what the guys are doing a little bit more than you would normally and so you can lay into things a little bit heavier you can kind of go for stuff but then you're going for stuff in this structure and you can't miss because when you miss you're exposed and nobody wants to be exposed so you really got to just say to yourself i'm motherfucking clutch and I'm going to hit this thing. And then you go for it. And I think we nailed them all on that one. That was good to hear. So let's move on to Saturday night. This is the Shemra Boo Cyclone. And Shemra Boo has been this huge jam vehicle for the past year. And we have kind of used it in the way we used to use it in back in the day when it was a brand new song. So let's take a look at this. Uh, I got a note from Rich saying that this is a really great example of a patient and exploratory Shemra. So let's check it out. Thank you. 
I definitely remember this part from the show. It's rare that I remember the moment. But this was a huge, maybe the loudest the band had been all weekend. And in that room, you can get really, really loud, which is, I think, one thing that everybody, including Jerry Garcia, loved about this room, the Cap Theater, is that you can really turn it on and you can really turn it up and you can really hear the music bouncing back from the ceiling and you can hear the band were playing all this atmospherics kind of like creepy stuff that's rolling along and then just what was that a key change out of nowhere i love that and it's so loud on stage right now there's a nice clap So this is an example of how trying to play in three different 
keys by three different people and alternating through those keys, creating spaces, often turns into some kind of chord progression between two of those keys. Usually you're in between three keys because there's one's too bright, one's too dark, and one's the key of the last song. And none of them are the key of the next song. So you're trying to get to the key of the next song, but you're trying to baby step your way there, and you end up in this kind of quasi-keyed world where the root is always changing the key, and the notes on top of it are implying different keys, and you get into this real, you know, can be real cerebral world, but a sign of a better way to do it is just close your eyes and just play some great music if you can in the middle of all that changing and just deal with the fact that it's going to change again if you start guessing where it's going to go you might be right you might be right and that's cool you also might not be right so that's improv in a nutshell right there is
This is just straight funk 101 shredding. We get into the dome of everyone's perfectly in sync in this strange environment, and then we just come out of it into this dance party, and this dance party goes all night. I mean, listen to this. We should do some kind of like touchdowns all day remix contest or something of this part of the jam. Or like just write choruses over this all day long. I mean, this is milk and honey. And this is this is the reason why you want to go to the show. Because in the room, with everyone bouncing to this, and the lights, this is some legit power right here. Love it. It's a good part of being a jam band. Seems like we're taking it somewhere now. I think as a guitar player, I gotta take that further. I gotta, I gotta go more up there. I really like the jam. Love the way everybody played. I was there on the guitar at the top of that little slick, super distorted, grimy thing, and then I went down again for what? Why did I go down? I don't understand. This is what's good about listening to this stuff. This is. I gotta keep going up there. There's no question. Keep going up or hang out on that riff or let let that high thing happen. Sometimes you've been in these jams for so many minutes, you feel like, oh wow, you know, maybe we should change this. And like one interesting thing about the jam is you have kind of these thoughts about what you just played and all this stuff is rolling around in your head over and over and over again. But but really, until you hear it, you have no idea what happened. You didn't hear it. You're in the middle of it. You're playing it. You're thinking of all this stuff. You really have no idea what it sounds like. None. And so to have any kind of 
thought process at the end of the jam that's, hey, I just hit this really great high shreddy lick, but maybe I should go down and develop a little bit more. At, at this point in time, listening to it, it sounds insane. Why, what was I doing there? I don't understand. So I think next time, we'll see if I, next time we hit this situation, hopefully we can do it again on this podcast, where when we're up in that high area, we put more emphasis on it. We put more greatness into the end of it because the part leading up to that did all that exploratory stuff already and it did it awesome. And it's just hard to know on stage whether or not that happened or not. It's hard to know on stage exactly what this thing sounds like. And you kind of have to have that clutch conviction as often as you possibly can. You kind of have to, you know, it's a real rip it first, apologize later type of situation. And I think in the Biscuits, we are so minimalist and we avoid the overplay so we've spent so much time being in minimalism land and avoiding the overplay that you do have that that is the downside of playing very minimalist is you get to these situations where the top of jam overplay is right there you hit it and then you back off of it for some reason or another so very very instructive for me here i'm loving this podcast episode two in the books like to say uh Thank you to the Osiris Podcast Network for having us. It's a pleasure to be a part of that with RJ and Tom. And it's a pleasure to be chatting with those guys. And they're going to make this help make this podcast as good as possible. And also, congrats to Splice. Those guys do great work. They're working hard. And it's a pleasure to see that company succeed. So here we go. Touchdowns all day. Episode two in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in episode three, which is going to be a Nolan, New Orleans Jazz Fest. Look back at the Biscuits history at Jazz Fest so we can look at some of the better jams we played down there and preview the shows coming up April 26th and 27th. Here we go. Thank you guys for listening. Episode two, it's a wrap.